Good. Thank you, uh, Travis and the band, um, for challenging us to, um, to worship um, this morning. I, I do want to tell y'all, I love baptism days. I just think it's awesome. I don't care if we baptize one or 25. I, I just think it's a celebration, and it's fantastic. And this is the week right before teachers go back to school, so a lot of people are out of town, and then next week the, the students are going back. But a lot of people have been saying... And I've actually had some of y'all, even yesterday, say, um, what are we getting ready for? And I said, you'll have to wait. I'm not going to spoil it. But today we're going to kind of tell you uh, what get ready means and what the next four weeks are going to be about. And so um, September the 8th is the Sunday after Labor Day. And so it's the day we're kind of pushing towards. So for the next four weeks is, is get ready. And, and this is what we're pushing to get ready for. And on September the 8th, we're going we're gonna to launch two services. We averaged um, almost 150 people in the spring, and um, we're down a little bit from that this morning. We believe when school starts back up, we'll push even farther than that. And, and here's the reasons that we're going to do that. One, we want to grow um, in here as well as um, in our kids' area. And our kids, when we're full, really, really gets full. Uh, but the other thing is if you, if you serve in our kids' area, and a bunch of you guys do, I see you out there, you'll be able to serve at one, and then you won't miss worship. You'll be able to come out here and worship, and it'll be amazing. And so we're really pumped up. We believe that God is going to use these two services to get us past 200 people in September. And so we're asking all of you guys, over the next four weeks, it is going to take a monumental effort for every single person to pull the rope in the same direction. Everyone has to invite someone. We're going to send... Um, a card out to talk about our sermon series that's going to be coming September the 8th called Marvel. I cannot wait for this series. Uh, but we're going to be sending a mailer out, but it's going to be mainly to our people. There's like 700 people in our system that have either been here or, or we've gotten information from. We're going to send every one of those people information to try to get them to come back if they've left or to get them to come back if they came once and to tell them all about it, and then we're going to send a few people down toward the Simpsonville area, a mailer as well. But it's going to mainly be on you guys. We're not going to spend a ton of money on that. It's going to mainly be on you guys because we believe in what you guys do. And we believe that you believe in our vision because it's our vision. And it's to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely in this community with the gospel of Jesus and see their lives change as a result like we watched this morning. And that's what it's all about. This is not a hotel for the healthy. It's a hospital for the hurting. And, and we want to be that hospital, and that's what we're getting ready for. And so this morning, as we start Get Ready, this is what I want everybody to do. Just throw off all your preconceived notions of what you thought this morning was going to be about. Um, even if you've seen the slides, if you're Zach or Josh and you've seen the slides, I want you to kind of just throw off everything that you thought, and I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to consider one person in your life this morning, and that's you. I don't want you to be thinking about, man, I wish so-and-so could hear this message because they need it. There's a lot of people we could say that about, but you're the most important one that needs to hear this this morning. I believe every person, every man, every woman, every student that's in this room, every person needs this no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord. If that means you don't even know who he is, you've never gone to church, or you've grown up in church your whole life and, and, and you're used to messages, I do not care because I'm telling you every person has either fallen under what I'm about to preach on or you're currently in the middle of it. You're currently in the middle of it. And so for us to get ready as a church and get excited and learn how to witness, 
learn how to share our faith with our friends and, and what we're going to get ready for and do all this stuff. The first people that have to get ready is me as an individual. And I've got to get ready and look myself in the mirror and be honest with myself. And so this morning, I'm going to do a totally different message than you've ever heard me do before. Because I want you to look inwardly and I want you to realize what we look like. If you could see us before we got saved and what it really looks like, I want you to see the picture of that. And so I'm going to give you the picture this morning of a yoke, of a yoke. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It's kind of going to be the verse that I want you to kind of remember. And it's on the screen if you'll read it. It says, and in that day, his burden will depart from his shoulders and his, and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be broken because of the fast. I, just show of hands. I can see y'all. I hope you can see me. Just show of hands. How many of y'all know what a yoke is? That's almost everybody. How many have ever put a yoke on an animal? Legit? It's impressive. I like it. Doc and Bill have put yokes on animals before. I've never even held a yoke, so I've never done it before. But um, So y'all might be able to come up at the end of the service and correct me. But I did a lot of research on this, and I'll kind of tell you what a yoke is. A yoke is a, a piece of wood, typically, that goes around the neck. And in Bible times, it was an ox. That When you read yoke, they're talking about an ox. An ox, if you don't know what an ox is, is a big, huge dude. Not always a dude, but it's a big, huge animal that is like a cow on steroids, and its sole purpose was to plow the fields for us. Like, the reason we wanted oxen around is because we wanted them to plow the fields. Now, there's these things now called John Deere or Kubota, and so we don't have oxen everywhere to plow the fields, right? Because we could, we just plow the fields, right? So if you have a farm... I think it's awesome. We were at Bill's farm last night. It's absolutely beautiful. Bill does not have 50 oxen to plow his fields, or even two. He has a tractor. And so this isn't, like, when you read this stuff, you're not like, yeah, that makes sense like it did back in Bible times. But, but this is what it looks like, and this is what I want each one of you to get, okay? You cannot miss this first part, or you'll miss everything. When, when an oxen was a baby, the owner would take a small yoke and would put it around its neck and it would be very gentle. He wouldn't clamp it in place. It would be very gentle. And it would be a comforting thing because it wouldn't be around its mama as much as it used to be. And so that ox became somewhat of a comfort and it would stay with it. This was particularly for oxen, which is what the Bible's referring to. And it, it would stay around its neck for a long period of time and, and over, over time it would get used to it and then enjoyed it. And after it began, began to get to adolescence, he would begin to work. And don't, can't you imagine if you were an ox that that thing that was comforting to you would start being a burden? It's like, dude, at first that was cool because it like, it comforted me. But now, this is kind of miserable. For its entire life, the oxen had to wear the yoke. And the yoke was a burden on it for its entire life because it was a thing of slavery. The ox did not have a choice when it woke up in the morning. Dude, today I've got a cold. Take this thing off my neck. I'm not going to do what you asked me to do. It was a picture of slavery because that's what the ox was. It was enslaved to its master to do the work that he told them you have to do. What was once comforting and once fun became overwhelming and a burden on its back. I want everybody to listen. Satan, for every person in here, at some point in time or another, put something around your neck that seemed fun. 
pretty cool. I'm going to try that out. Whether it was sex, when you were a kid, someone outside of your marriage, which is the only way sex is, is biblical. The only way sex is right is when you have sex with your, married, with your spouse. And it's awesome when you're married. It, it's a blessing from God. But outside of that, it's a vice. And it's something that we do once for whatever reason, and then it's got us. Sexual sin on top of that. Whether it's pornography. That is crippling the church today. For, for men and, and honestly for women as well. Not as much as men, but the studies you read today are alarming how many women are looking at pornography. And it, the first time you click, or the first time you look at it, you don't think, I'm, I want to be addicted to this, I want it to overwhelm me. But then it's like a noose and it clicks into place. And years later, I look at myself and go, how did this happen? I, it was fun at first. I just wanted to hang out. Why, why am I overwhelmed in this slavery? I, I don't like it. I hate it. For some it's gossip and like getting with your friends. For some people it's food. Sometimes that's the case for me. I can't stand being overweight. <laughs> I live in that like Oprah Winfrey zone every once in a while. I lose 40 pounds, then I gain 40 pounds back, and I lose 40 pounds, gain 40 pounds. I can tell you've lost some weight, and then like give me two weeks, I'll gain it back, don't worry. So sometimes that's my form of bondage. For every person in here, for every person in here, including me, right now, if you came up to me right now and said, dude, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not struggling with anything, I would look at you and say, well, you're struggling with lying because you just look me bold-faced lie. You're struggling. I'm struggling every day. It is a battle with my eyes every time I walk out my door, and I struggle with all kinds of stuff because this is my flesh, and my flesh will fail me every single day, but here's the deal. When the, the picture of what Emily and Shelley did this morning is what we were before and what we are now. And what God does for us. And, and this is what one of my favorite scriptures. You can totally miss this. And this is going to be the whole picture of today. Because each one of you will decide what yoke you wear. And you have to wear a yoke. Whether it's the yoke that the Lord Jesus gives you that day. That the picture of what Shelly and Emily did this morning. Or it's the yoke that you have to wear for yourself for the rest of your life which is slavery. And this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter 28 verse 13. Go tell Hananiah. Thus says the Lord, you have broken the wooden bars. Bars in some translations says the yoke. You have broken the yoke that is wood, but you have made in their place bars of iron or an iron yoke. And this is a huge deal. Because for all of us, what we want to do is we want to be free of everything. We want to make our own decisions. All of us are selfish. I think we can all agree on that. If you don't, I'll help you get there and help you understand that you're selfish. But all of us want to make our own decisions and all of us want to be in charge. Everyone. And the problem is you can't be. You're going to be enslaved to something. And whether it's being a follower of Jesus, and Paul called himself, I am a bond servant. Meaning I am enslaved to following Christ because I don't want to be enslaved to me anymore. I'm tired of being a slave to my flesh because this is how I fail. And this is what happens. I've got this huge, massive burden on my back that weighs 500 stinking pounds and I'm so tired of being weighed down. I want to be a follower of him. And what it looks like to be a follower of Christ is to have this wood around me. Instead of this iron weight bearing me down like the ox that at first it, it was comforting and then it clicked into place. And then for the rest of my life, I wanted rid of it. I wanted to throw it off, but I didn't know how. Help me, pastor. I don't know what to do. And this morning, that's what this is about. We're going to get ready 
by looking at ourselves in the mirror. And I'm telling you, every single person in here, please heed this advice. The Lord has punched me in the gut this week. If no one else gets anything from this message, I promise I have. Because he has punched me in the gut and said, Mark, how about these areas in your life? You're worried about everybody else, but how about you? So I want to give you two things this morning. And they're very simple. They're, they're almost elementary. But it goes right along with these, two, with these two yokes. And the first, there's two yokes that I want to give you this morning. This is what we have to do to get ready. There's two yokes. The first one is the yoke of sin and self. The yoke of sin and self, which is slavery. The yoke of sin and self, which, which is slavery. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of, what's that word? Y'all say it out loud. Slavery. slavery. Like, when we hear slavery, we automatically think of bad, bad, bad connotations. Like the reason that the Civil War took place, and most of us understand this, the reason that there was such a, a great divide among our country is because how split we were on the subject of slavery and the rights for certain people that didn't look like me. And so it gives us a, a sick feeling in our gut, like I can't believe that we human beings used to actually enslave other human beings that are precious people made by God. I can't believe we used to be like that. It, it makes me sick. I hope it makes y'all sick. It makes me sick to even think about. And yet, as sick as that makes me, that that's how stupid we used to be by, by looking at other human beings and enslaving them under our authority, or for some people, being slaves, and how disgusting that is as well, we do that exact thing to ourselves. We know the truth, a lot of us in here, and yet we wake up and this is what we do each and every day. Today is about me. Today's about me. God, I did, I did my thing on Sunday. You're welcome. I give you one whole hour. Whew. Give you some fist. <laughs> you can pat me on the back now or whatever you want to do. Actually, I should have won the lottery last week, so I'm kind of mad at you. But whatever you want to do, that dude in Minnesota won or wherever he was, and I'm kind of mad that I didn't get one of those thirds. But it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. But I just need you to bless me this week. Hang out, it's cool. We don't give God any of our time. We don't wake up in the morning and spend time with Jesus. Praying takes so much effort, and it does, by the way, and I would never do that. I've got so many more things on my plate that I need to worry about other than God. I'm not going to spend time in the Word. I'm not going to do like the, the one-year Bible or, or, or a daily devotion. I don't have time for that. And though most of us in here, some, some of you don't, and I want you to stay with me because I'm going to get to you in a second. Some of you that have not really heard the gospel before. But, but for the ones of us that have, for either some of our life or most of our life, this is what we say is, I know you offer me a, a, a yoke of freedom, but I, I'm going to choose slavery today because I want to be in charge. Friends, I'm going to just be honest. You, you, you cannot have none. It can't just be about you. And so what we do is we say, you know what? Today, God, I just need a break from you. <laughs> I just want it to be about me. And, and we step out of freedom and step in, and it's fun. And whether it's the things that I've named or whether it's other stuff, just a little bit of cheating doesn't seem like that big of a deal on finances. I mean, it doesn't have to be 
with another person. Or just a little lies. I mean, I just want to, I just want, or just, just, just a little bit of stuff that's wrong. And we know it in our heart, but man, it's fun. I mean, the word says it's pleasurable for a season and it gets around my neck. And then it's like a, a yoke of iron, like Jeremiah says, that, that it burdens me down. When I was in um, Spartanburg Christian Academy and I taught school, my 10th grade curriculum was um, the uh, Pilgrim's Progress. And they did such a good job, if y'all have never heard this before, and I've shared this one time, I think, but they did such a good job. It's an allegory, and they painted a picture that was so good because um, this guy named Pilgrim has this burden on his back. And it was this, it, it, in, the, in the illustration, it's hilarious because it's this massive, like, ball, and it's on his back. And it looks ridiculous, and everyone would have come up to him and said, dude, seriously, take that thing off your back because you look ridiculous. Well, that's what all of us look like that refuse to be followers of Christ and, and die to ourselves is what Christ told us. Listen, this is what you have to do. You've got to die to yourself and you've got to live for me every day. It, it, take up your cross daily. What's the other option? Be enslaved to yourself. Like you, you, you have two choices. You can either die to yourself or you can be indebted to slavery and sin. You, you can have no freedom, no joy. You, you can have a lot of fun momentarily. It, it's awesome. It's fun. You can do whatever you want to do to an excess. You can overwhelmingly cheat on anything that you want to cheat on and do whatever you want to do. You can live your life for you, but you're not going to get ready for anything because you're not going to be ready for anything. Marriages are falling apart in this room. Why? Because of slavery. Jesus has not hurt your marriage. And the thing that you need is not a new wife that's hotter or a new husband that's skinnier. You need to get out of the slavery that you're in and let Christ do a major work in your life. Because that is why slavery is taking place. Listen, if it were not for this slavery, there would not be 50% divorce rate in the church. But so many of us look and say, the grass is greener on the other side. I don't know. My wife doesn't look quite like she did when she was 16 and we started dating. Neither do you. So let's look ourselves in the mirror and say, we've got to live a life that is not in slavery anymore. It is time for us as the church to say, you know, if I'm being honest, just this week, I, the pastor, have lived in slavery. I have been a moron. You know, I know you're not supposed to say that, but I'm just being honest. I've been a moron. I've had a bad attitude about stuff. I've had a pity party. I made fun of myself last night with Leah in bed. I said, you know, I've had a, I had a two-day pity party, and it's ridiculous. Like, it's not even a big deal about what I was upset about. And it's no one in this room. It's, it was all me. It was, it was absolutely ludicrous. But I do it to myself, and the reason that I did it is because I was enslaved to me. I'm so much more worried about me than I am Christ that I allow myself to be enslaved with my own stupidity. Here's the good news. Every person, every day, freedom is offered to you. Freedom is offered to you. But it cannot be about you. And the reason that I think we being the church, look no different than they do out there, being the least, the lost, and the lonely that we're trying to get to. The reason that they don't want what we have is because you're enslaved, and I'm enslaved just as bad as they're enslaved, and so why would they want the freedom we offer? We don't offer freedom at all. Until we really accept the freedom that Christ gives us, what are we except for babbling fools and hypocrites? And every time someone says, I don't want to go to church because they're a bunch of hypocrites, I'm like, it starts here. Seriously. Like, this guy right here is a hypocrite because I struggle. But here's the good news. 
I'm going to struggle the rest of my life, and that's not good news. But the good news is I can be in freedom even in my struggles. I don't have to be enslaved deep into sin. And it is my choice. Every time I wake up, sin happens to me by my nature that I was born this way, but also by my choice. And I can fight against it by carrying my cross, taking it up daily and following him. And if I take up the cross and I throw it to the side and I say, today it's not about Jesus, it's about me, then it's never going to be different. And I'm always going to look the same. And so the second thing is a yoke of Christ. It's freedom. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, and I love this. Jesus knew we all had to carry a yoke. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus understood the fact that there's not one person in this room. From all the way over here to all the way over here, every person watching online, every person that will hear this message for all time, there's not one person that can go through life without a yoke. And here's the deal is the choice is yours on what yoke you'll carry. Some yoke that we choose is, is a yoke of myself which enslaves me and it overwhelms me and it bears me down like Pilgrim's Progress and I have this massive thing and if I saw any of you with that, I would kick you and say, please let me help you. But every one of you have that and I just walk by you and say, don't worry about it. Today that stops. Worry about it. Look yourself in the mirror and say, have I taken the yoke that is light? And easy is literally what Jesus said. Have I had the rest that comes when I take that wood yoke? Because this is exactly what Jeremiah 28 was describing. Each one of you are carrying around either a light yoke that is of wood that is sweet and beautiful or a heavy yoke that is enslaved. And here's, here's the last thing about a yoke, by the way. Um, a yoke almost always was with two. Almost always was with two people and so, or with two um, oxen. They very rarely made a yoke that was by themselves and that's the other thing that gave the baby oxen comfort is another baby. And they would teach them together because they pulled it together and there was almost always two. The reason that the word says do not be unequally yoked together is because it was the picture of two together and it's the picture of an unsaved person with a saved person. And that is what we're not supposed to do as a saved, as a believer. You're not supposed to marry an unsaved person. But this is, this is the deal. Each one of you get in that yoke with someone. And for freedom, it has to be Jesus. And even though we don't think when we follow ourselves that there's something else, it is following what the devil and this world has for you. And if we could see with spiritual glasses what it really looks like to take the yoke of God, what Jesus offers us that is light and easy, and it gives us rest, and it gives us comfort, and it gives us hope, and it gives us satisfaction, and it gives us the ability. Listen, when you don't want to help people and you have the yoke of Jesus on, your car will stop and you will turn around like I did going home from Bill's house on Friday night, and you'll pick a cat up that... His name Philip, and you'll just help him. I did not feel like doing that. I just wanted to go home, but I'm telling you, the Lord said, Mark, 
whatever you do for the least of these, you'll do for me. That's the least of lost and lonely. Turn your car around and help that dude. Soaking wet from all that rain on Friday. I, did, I, I didn't want to do that. And I'm telling you, the Lord told me. I looked at Leah and said, we got to stop. She said, I know. And she laughed and we turned around. And that, that's what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. It's not being able to stand up here and talk in front of people. This means nothing. If I go home and I don't have the yoke of Christ on, I can fool y'all for one hour. It's what I am when I'm by myself and when I'm in that world helping the least lost and lonely. That's what it is to be a follower of Jesus. If all I want is for me, I'm going to be heavy laden. I'm never going to have peace. I'm going to be miserable with my own self. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to worry about getting ready for everybody else and how we can reach this lost community with the gospel because I'm going to be so frustrated with this burden that I have on my back that I'm not worried about it. So, so here's what you do. Here's what you do. You simply get on your face before a holy God and you say, God, I have screwed this thing up. It has been all about me lately. Everything that I'm doing has been all about me. I need you to help me. I want to carry your burden because it is light and easy. I don't want to exchange the burden that you have from the burden that this world offers me. Last year, $412 billion were spent on advertisement. The vast majority of that is to put a yoke around your neck and get you caught in something that you don't want to get caught in. $412 billion in this country spent on advertisement. I want to take all that junk off that this world offers me and I want to rebel against this world and follow Christ. I want a yoke that is restful. You know, we say all the time, and it's almost cliche, it's the peace that passes understanding to follow Jesus. He described it right here. you got to take his yoke and allow him to do a mighty work in your life. So I want every person to answer this question honestly this morning. Just being straight up, being real. Is, is your yoke heavy? Like, is it overwhelming you? Is your life overwhelmed with circumstances and stuff and because you're trying to fix it yourself, you feel so heavy laden and beat down that you can't do it anymore? Listen, I'm asking you as your pastor and your friend to take it off and throw it down and take the yoke that has to be around if not for slavery and it's freedom in Christ. And that is the only chance that you have for freedom is allowing Jesus Christ to come in your life Trusting Him as Savior and for every person that has, allowing His yoke to come back around you by dying to yourself today and saying, today I live for you. And for the next seven days, what our goal is going to be is to show every person, for every teacher that's going back to work this week, I'm going to show every teacher in my life that I am not the same teacher that I was last year even. Even if you're, everyone knew you were a Christian, you love them and you serve them. For every person that works or for every place that you go with your kids and everything that we do, every fast food restaurant, every time we tip kindly, we show love. That can only happen consistently through Jesus. Otherwise, it's just doing good works. And it'll run out and you'll get tired of that and that yoke will burden you down again. So I'm asking every person to publicly make a commitment this morning. The first thing that we're going to offer you to go back with our volunteers in the back is if you've never trusted Christ and gotten that real true burden off your back, that's what it has to happen first. Because until you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, come into your life and save you, you will always be enslaved. And the penalty for that slavery is death and separation for all of eternity. Like Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, the wages, the penalty of my yoke, my sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All you have to do is trust Christ as Savior and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Place all your faith in Him and He replaces that burden with a yoke that is light. And for every other person in this room, and I believe there should be many people, if we want to make a difference in this kingdom, you don't care about the people looking around you, I want you to get up and declare to the Lord, I want to make a difference. I'm tired of living for me. I need Jesus to do a great work in my life. Over the next seven days is all we're asking for. I want God to do a great work in my life. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Quickly with every head bowed, no one looking. I, I want to know this morning, how many of you, no matter what yoke you carry, how many of you are certain? Mark, I have trusted Christ as Savior. I know that I know that I know that I am saved. There's no doubt in my mind. I just want your honesty. I want you to lift your hand straight up. Lift it high right now. Lift it high. Keep it up. Keep it up. Every person that didn't look at me, how about looking right here? Everybody put your hands down. Anyone that didn't lift your hand up, look at me right now. This, this is my question to you. How much longer, how much longer will you allow yourself to be overwhelmed with misery and overwhelmed with life circumstances and overwhelmed with all the stuff going on because until you get rid of that yoke that is slavery, in your lostness, until you get rid of that, you'll always be in the same boat. I'm just gonna ask you this morning, there's a few people looking at me, it's gonna take a man's man or a woman's woman to stand up and say, I want that. Is there anybody in here that would stand up right where you sit and say, Mark, I want that right now. Just stand up right where you are. Thank you, brother, who else? Who else? I need that right now. Lord Jesus, I need to get saved right this second. That's me. I'm just going to ask you to walk right to the back. There's someone waiting on you in the back to talk to you. All right, so how about for every single, every other person, every other person in here, I want you to just look at me right now, okay? Some of you guys have never been baptized before. That's the first commandment that you have. If that's you, I don't know, because I don't know everybody your past history, like some of y'all need to get baptized again. Because if you got baptized when you were six but you didn't mean business, you need to step into these waters right now and you need to say, I'm serious about Christ. I'm gonna do that right now. We're offering you right now. It's still nice and warm. So I'll baptize you right now. You're going straight home. We got towels. We'll get you shorts if you need them. Is there anybody in here that would be bold enough? We're gonna do one for sure. Is there anybody in here Anybody else that would want to get baptized right now? And with everybody looking, we're all your friends. We will celebrate like crazy, do cartwheels. Who else wants to get baptized right now? Say, right now, for me to show that I'm getting out of this yoke and I'm serious about the commitment that I made, I'm going to get baptized right now. Like I said, we got some clothes you can change into. We got shirts. Who wants to do that right now? Just stand up. Stand up right now. Who else? Who else? Y'all go in the back. Who else is going to do that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, listen, we're going to stick around for a couple more minutes and let them get changed. So uh, if y'all got a roast or something, y'all need to leave. Y'all don't want to celebrate with us. Y'all will miss the party, and that's y'all's bad. So, And I'll send you a nasty letter this way. What? So anyway, this is what I'm going to ask from y'all, the rest of the people.
I believe this is a message that demands a response. Some people's response is going to be, I'm not, it's not time. I'm going to grit my teeth, but I'm not, I, I just, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to make that stand. This is being for real. For every person in this room, every person in this room, um, and I've got a, a, a plan that I want y'all to do. Y'all can go back to your seats in a minute. But we're going to do baptism in just a second. I'm going to invite when they get ready for y'all to just step back in the first couple rows. But for every person in this room, as Travis and the band plays real quickly, um, I just want y'all to come up here. Because I believe coming forward isn't always the best thing, and it's jumbled and it's messy. But I do believe sometimes when we worship together, it, if, if we're really serious about getting rid of this burden and about making a difference for Christ, sometimes just standing up where you are isn't enough. And so this morning, I just want y'all to come forward with me. And so wherever you are, I just want you to come forward if that's you and just stand right along. You can stand around the tub and in the first couple rows. I just want to invite y'all to get up right now if that's you. If you feel like there's a yoke that you want to change and you want to be in freedom in Christ and you want to make a difference for Christ, for now and for a long time, just come on. Nate's the first one. Y'all come on up with him and let's worship together right now. Every person, every person, every man, woman, child that wants to do that, come on right now.